Hala Furasala. The Jets got their head coach Thursday night, hiring 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. We'll break down the decision and what it means for the future of the franchise. Do the Jets end up keeping Sam Darnold now at quarterback? We'll chat with the post, Mark Canizero. All that and more is next on a Robert Sala Come Save Us edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back to an emergency edition of Gangs Bald Here. That's right, Gangs Bald Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post, because the Jets have hired their head coach. He's here, he's arrived, he is bald like me, like Kaz, like Joe Douglas. It is Robert Sala is the new Jets head coach. He was the 49ers defensive coordinator for the past four seasons. And Kaz, Jets fans are throwing ticker tape parades already. And I'll say this, as a Jets fan, you got to like the hire. Obviously, he's a first-time head coach. In that situation, you never know what that kind of guy is going to be. But he is kind of the opposite of Adam Gase and Todd Bowles in terms of there's exuberance, there's a demeanor, there's a tenacity there, there's enthusiasm. And, you know, he's known as the guy, the defensive coordinator, who was clapping on the sidelines, who had his players hyped up. I think that's something that's been missing. We've always talked about a CEO-like. You can look at him as a CEO-like coach. He's getting rave reviews around the league. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, Kaz, he was fifth-ranked defense with about every guy on his defense out last year and was second overall in 2019 in the team that was led by a defense that got to the Super Bowl as a defensive quality controls coach. He won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks. He's he's had the tutelage of Shanahan and Pete Carroll. Five-year deal he gets, and Kaz, I think you could break down how this all happened, but I know Jets fans are excited. We'd love to get your uh, insight on what you think of the Salah hire. Yeah, I mean, listen, Jake, my philosophy always is with every coaching hire that I've covered is no one knows anything, especially when it's a guy who hasn't been a head coach before. Like with Gase, we had a track record. We sort of, you could see there was the issues in Miami and they might carry over here. But, you know, I'll remind Jets fans of how happy they were in 2015 when Todd Bowles was hired. Todd Bowles was the assistant coach of the year. The Cardinals had a great defense. Bowles looked like a great leader. You're right. He's not. He wasn't exuberant on the sidelines like Salah, but you just never know. You know, that's why there's seven of these jobs open every year, Jake, because <laughs> hiring a head coach is hard. So I hate to throw cold water on the Jets fans. And, you know, he could be great. I'm not saying he won't be. But to me, what we know is he's a very good defensive football coach, right? Like like you said, they were, they were number five in total defense this year, and they had lost Bosa. They lost Sherman for a long time. They were without Solomon Thomas for most of the season. They lost a lot of their players. Uh, the year before, they were number two in total defense, and that's when they went to the Super Bowl. And really, you know, they, they kind of – they were a big part of the reason why the 49ers were in the Super Bowl. Uh, they, when he took over, they were 32nd. So he obviously made the defense better. I know the Jets think he can develop players, which is a key, which is something coaches haven't done around here in a while. I mean, we talk about the draft record all the time. Part of the draft record too, though, Jake, is development. And, you know, some there had to be some of these players that could play a little bit that weren't developed here. So the Jets are high on that. I think they just kind of fell in love with him, Jake. He clicked with Joe Douglas. He clicked with Jaime Elhai, the team president. Clicked with Christopher Johnson, the owner. Uh, so, you know, they they liked his leadership style. They liked his plan. Uh, you know, as far as the sideline exuberance, Jake, I, I've gotten into that in the past. I criticized Todd Bowles for not showing enough emotion before. What I've learned through covering football is – 
it doesn't really matter, Jake. Like what, what matters, what matters is coaching and players. Uh, you know, Tom Landry wasn't exuberant on the sideline and he won a lot of football games. Uh, you can, there's more than one way to do it. Um, and that, you know, that's the key to me, Jake, to this whole thing is he needs football players, right? Cause look around, look around. Todd Bowles is interviewing Jake with the Eagles with the Lions and with the Falcons. Did Todd Bowles suddenly become a good football coach again? No, he got players. He got players in Tampa, and he, he, you can see what they do with players. The last two coaches, in my opinion, did not ha- were not equipped with enough good football players to win games. So that's the key. Joe Douglas needs to go out now. He, fought, he hired his football coach. Get this guy some players he can win with. Yeah, I think that's the key, but I do think that exuberance plays a part, especially in today's day and age and in this weird time. Is Bill, especially. Is Bill Belichick exuberant? No, but that's different. I mean, he's been around forever. I think players today are more entitled and kind of need that. Is, that Ron, is Ron Rivera exuberant? But you're talking about guys who've been around forever. I mean, in this new okay. age of is players. Joe, like, it doesn't matter, Jake. Like, the exuberance I thing disagree. doesn't matter. I think it plays a part. I think guys well, feed off of that everyone energy. Thinks they, everyone thinks these guys have to be a high school football coach. Like, or, or their coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Like, that's your idea of a football coach. But when when your team is not... If you're, 30, if you're 33 years old, you don't give a crap if your coach is clapping in his hands or anything like maybe that works if you're 21 they don't care you know like these guys just don't care it had to have done something right when d ford when thomas when bosa like you said all these guys yeah, are out yeah, and they're still playing good, great Jake. his scheme is good that's not about clapping your hands on the sideline i don't know i think that plays a factor when you're ta- when the talent is in there it plays a factor it gets guys who are Probably not making rosters anywhere else. And listen, the Jets aren't filling every hole. We, we've talked about this plenty of times. They have so many holes that they're going to need a guy to keep them inspired. There's going to be times when they're losing in games and need to fight back. There's going to be every game they're probably going to be a deficit where he's going to be there on the sideline, you know, coaching them up. So I do think that plays more of a factor than you think. I, I agree that, you know, that's not the number one thing. you got to get players. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach ever, right? Yeah. You picture Bill Belichick jumping around and throwing tables at halftime? Like, no, it's the NFL. It's not a, like, every, like I again, like this is the problem. I've fallen into this trap before. We all think of our high school football coaches. Most of us stop playing football at the end of high school, right? This isn't high school. Like, the NFL players don't need to be cajoled to play. They're getting paid millions of dollars to play they shouldn't need someone clapping in their ear the key for him is his scheme and just overall leadership just being a leader so uh you know i, I the sideline demeanor thing that's going to be great for fans i understand that exactly but I, I don't think it really matters. you got a piece of the fans too Kyle. I think the fans eat that up and gase bowls they didn't a piece of the fan especially gase i mean he didn't a piece of the fan base at all while he was here so i think this is this is the right move here and obviously you're right what's more important is how he schemes up the defense you know richard Richard Sherman talked a lot about that, that he he gets a lot of credit for what they do with that defense with all the injuries. You know, the reactions were pouring in. He's going to turn that entire culture around, Richard Sherman said. And listen, Richard Sherman's one of the best cornerbacks ever. For him to say that is a pretty big deal. John Lynch, a tremendously gifted leader. The Jets are very fortunate. You had the cat, you know, you had the emojis and reactions from players. Let's go, Quentin Williams, Makai Becton, Russell Wilson, great coach better man so i think these reviews around the league i don't know what you've been hearing cause but it seems like around the league his, his players his, his coaches his colleagues all have nothing but good things it's more than just peyton manning saying he's a brilliant offensive mind this is re- rave reviews from everyone a to z 
yeah, he's popular. He must be a good guy. Oh, Kaz, I, I, I don't know, man. I think you should be pumped up like we are. I think you should be excited. This, this. Why was... would I give a crap, Jake, about who they are? <laughs> I'm gonna cover. I gotta cover them, whether they're a prick, whether they're a nice guy, whether they're a great. He's gonna be a great bad, interview. I... He's gonna give you great quotes. I, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. We'll see. I, I haven't seen great quotes from him. He's not gonna be Rex. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna be that guy. Yeah. Well, I think it, it is similar in Rex, where he was a dominant defensive coordinator. So we'll see if that works out. I do like that he was under the Pete Carroll tree and, and did win a Super Bowl. I don't really know what a quality control coach does. That, exactly, means, you, that but... means you get the coffee for the coaches. <laughs> That's what a quality control coach is. Yes. You break down. You break down film. I'm just kidding. Like it's 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 the entry. It's an entry level job. It's the lowest level coaching job. They, they break down a lot of film for them. They do like you know they might give them a task of like okay this you know this linebacker that we drafted in the sixth round you, that's your guy like you're gonna work with him all season. It's that kind of thing. It's a, it's a very low level coach, but obviously you know I'm not demeaning it. Like that he he learned from Pete Carroll, which is great. You know Pete Carroll's one of the best, as Jets fans know. Um, you know they had him for a season here before they ran him out of town. Because Jake, you know why they ran him out of town? Because he was he was too player friendly. So he, he was clapping you know. too much on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. So that so that was when the Jets went. They had to hire the anti Pete Carroll, so they hired Rich Kotite. And then they had to, you know, so it's like and then the anti Rich Kotite was Parcells, and you know, they on and on and on they went. Cause Jets fans are here running through brick walls, and here you are bringing down all our morale and our spirits, uh, bringing us <laughs> hey, into this Jake, reality. No one knows anything. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows anything. That's the bottom line here. Like it's all a projection. It's great that players think he's great and John Lynch sees he's great, but like he's never been a head coach before. Like I la- like Joe Douglas said he was going to treat this like scouting the draft, right? He said that quote. I don't know if you saw that. I'm going to treat this like I'm scouting for the draft. I'm going to scout a head coach. Well, that sounds good, but like you don't scout Makai Blackbeck to play cornerback right like you're playing he's he's it's the nfl but he's still playing tackle it's very hard like you don't you just you're projecting and like i said that's why these a lot of these guys get fired after three years you you never know how it's going to work out i mean look i will say this i think robert sal is going to get a long honeymoon here from both the fan base and the team they got a five-year contract i think that was important for him to get some time here can you outline uh, that a little bit because gay got what four years how do they come with that number exactly well i have to think that robert salas people were like you just fired this guy after two years like this team is horrible they're the, you're the, you know you have the worst roster in the nfl you better give this guy some assurances and like matt rule really changed the game last year he got a six-year deal for 90 million dollars like so i think i do know that you know people around Salah were telling him like if you're gonna take that Jets job you better get assurances that they're going to give you time like this is going to take time they're not going to be good this year it's going to take some time so he got five years um but I also I look at you know we had a ridiculous headline on our website today that like Jets get their Joe Judge Joe Judge won six games like I you know I think Jets fans should be shooting higher than Joe Judge like they should be hoping they got their Bill Belichick they should be hoping they got their Pete Carroll they got their Andy Reid right like but like looking at that giant situation Joe Judge is like worshipped because you know he's a good he's good in press conferences and they won you know they, they played hard for him I'll say that and the expectations are so low the bar was so low after Shermer it's the same way now the bar is so low after Adam Gase the bar is so low after two and 14 that all Salah has to do when he whenever we meet with him i think we're gonna have a zoom call next week as long as he doesn't keep his line muted for the entire time like he should be fine like he, he should he should win the win the press conference as they say you know and i think he's gonna get a long honeymoon here obviously you know last night it was like they hired vince lombardi so i, I clearly you 
guys are not going to be hard on him for a while. Yeah, I mean, as long as he there's no videos made of him, his eyes waving around looking at tacos, I think he's in a good position. Yeah, yeah um, well, as long as Jets fans show a little class this time <laughs> and, you know, you treat the guys like treat the guy like a human being, uh, you know, maybe it'll go better. Yeah, we, we'll see. That might last a few weeks before it, yeah. it turns. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the roster shapes out to be, Kaz, but. Listen, I think there's a, you know, the fans haven't been excited in a while. They have nothing really to be excited about. Um, so this helps. And I, I like that he, you know, he'll be 42 at the end of January. It's a minority hire. So can you kind of explain this? Because a lot of people don't realize the 49ers are getting two third round picks because the Jets hired a minority head coaching candidate. Yeah, that was a new rule they put in place this year in the NFL. Obviously, minority hiring has been a big issue with uh, in the NFL. And, you know, there was a lot of talk of should the team that hires a minority coach be rewarded, but that kind of felt icky. Very, <laughs> very for icky. lack of a better yeah. word, like, you know, is the guy getting think like the guy walking in the building, people are like, oh, you only got this job because you're a minority. So what they came up with is to reward the team that he leaves. So this entices teams to kind of have a pipeline of minority coaches hire some minority coaches to be assistants sort of. And it, it also applies to the front office, Jake, as well. Like, like uh, the Rams lost uh, homes to Detroit. They, they're going to get f- third round picks. So I think it doesn't affect the Jets at all. It's not like the Jets are giving up picks. It's basically like a compensatory pick added on the end of the third round this year. And then one next year, you know, for those who don't know, because Robert Sala, you know, you, you might not know looking at him, you know, what nationality is or anything. He's of Lebanese descent. That That's why he qualifies as a minority hire. And, you know, I think it's great. I think it's a great idea, by, by the NFL, um, you know, because that's to me when I look at it, I think that's part of the problem with minority hiring is there's just there's not enough minorities coming up through the ranks to to get these head coaching jobs. And another note, Jake, you know, Eric Bieniemy has kind of been a guy that t- people have talked about. He obviously interviewed. This is the second time he interviewed for the Jets job. He interviewed for the Giants last year. He's interviewed for a lot of jobs this year, Jake more than any I've like I've covered a lot of these coaching searches because of COVID these coaches who are still coaching in the playoffs are really getting punished for it because they cannot interview in person until their team is out so if you go to the Super Bowl you can't interview with the team until February 9th in person or whatever it is February 8th or 9th so you know they can do virtual interviews but are you going to hire someone off of a virtual interview like you know no you want to meet the guy you want to shake his hand you want to look him in the eye so you know guys like Eric the enemy are really getting hurt by the way this is set up right now. Yeah, at first when I read it, I was like, do they really need to give a picks? Like, it should just be a given that we go after minority candidates. But when you put it that way, it does make a lot of sense that the team that, you know, he, he leaves gets a pick because they build him up through the pipeline. Um, so the more I thought about it, I actually don't mind that. Um, but I don't want people first thing that they're like, wow, they're the reward guys. But I do think it is a problem. Yeah. And I think, Jake, what, what's great is like we're talking about it because of the picks thing. But there was no one who was like, oh, they're hiring Robert Sala because he's a minority or anything like that. And, it, and it, you know, someone if the Jets like let's say the Jets got a third round pick for hiring him, then people could say that. So I think the NFL came up with a pretty good way to do this. Obviously, it's an issue in the NFL and, and hopefully it gets better. But, you know, the Jets have a really good track record on that, too, Jake. I'll, I'll just say like. Like, you know, they hired Herm Edwards before there was a Rooney rule. They hired Todd Bowles. There's been coordinators in that position 
through the years of, you know, I can think of Donnie Henderson and Dennis Thurman and Casey Rogers. So, um, you know, the, the Jets have a very good track record. It comes when it comes to minority hiring. I think Jets fans were concerned when they heard Doug Peterson was being let go because they, they looked at the tie, the Joe Douglas ties, and everyone's thinking to themselves, they can't, after Doug Peterson did what he did pulling Jalen Hurts, immediately hire him after that because that's not going to leave a great look on the franchise. Would you agree that the, the reaction today would have probably been the polar opposite if they hired Doug Peterson? Yeah, yeah, clearly it would have been. And you can ask Canizero about this when we have him on because he wrote that they should hire Doug Peterson. So, and I think he got hammered for it. Yeah, here's the thing, Jake. The, we play this game. It, it, you know, these teams want to keep it close to the vest, who they're interested in. It, it, it leaks out for the most part, other than college coaches, but the NFL ones leak out because there's a process that they have to go through to do the interview. But like, we automatically assume because Joe Douglas worked with Doug Peterson, like, oh, he's going to hire him. That's like, you know, would you automatically hire Alex if you went somewhere else, Jake? No, you no, might hate probably Alex. Not. Yeah, he's a, right, Dolph- yeah. he's a Dolphins fan. Like, no way. Right. It's like this thought of like, we like everyone we work with. Like, that's insane. I don't like anyone I work with. So, right. you know, the, the, <laughs> you're not hiring anyone. Like, so that to me, what I heard was his name really didn't even come up with the Jets. They never, you know, they weren't really interested. Um, I also think the Jets were pretty far along in the process, Jake, when Doug Peterson was fired. It might have been different if Doug Peterson was fired the day after the season. And, you know, when the Jets sat down to make their list, he was available. Maybe it's a different story then. But as it was, the, when Peterson was fired Monday, the Jets had already done nine interviews. They'd already decided they were bringing Sala and Smith in for second interviews. Uh, it would have been, you know, it, it would have kind of gummed up the works to add another candidate at that time. It moved pretty quickly. I thought it might have ta- taken another week, but they moved pretty quickly on this and it seemed like it came down to him and smith yeah well i think the story i wrote for the paper before he was hired was about kind of the jets face this dilemma right now was do you wait and if you really like to, if you really want to interview Brian Dayball from the Bills again, say, or Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, do you wait and see if they're eliminated this weekend, and then you could have them in Monday, Tuesday, or do you feel like you have to act uh, because Sala and Smith were two hot candidates? They interviewed, I think they both interviewed for every job except the Texans. So it's kind of a game, like it's musical chairs, and you have to jump. And I think what ha- what I heard happen was, you know, the Jets had Sala in Tuesday night. Wednesday, most of the day, talked to him. Then he left. He went to Philadelphia. He went to Florida to interview with the Eagles, where Jeffrey Lurie is the owner. They had Arthur Smith in. Uh, then Sala went to Los Angeles to interview with the Chargers yesterday on Thursday. And I think that when the Jets finished the interview with Smith, they sat down and said, "All right, we like Sala. Let's get this done." He's interviewing with the Chargers. They had to wait for that interview to be over. But I think they didn't want to take the chance of like the Chargers offering him the job or another one of these other teams jumping. And, you know, that they really liked them. So they, they decided to get it done and figured out the financials after that. Yeah, that was smart. What do you think it's going to be? Do you have an, a range of what he might get paid? I don't know, Jake. I mean, I would, <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, it's, it's usually like, you know, that Gase was a little bit more than $5 million a year. So I would think Salah's a first-time head coach, but it's two years later. He was a guy that was in demand, so he had some leverage. So I think he's probably north of there. Matt Rule got $9 million a year. I don't think he's probably close. I was probably six or seven a year, something like that, I guess. But I don't know. gig, and you're locked in five years. If you're fired after two years and the revolving door continues – you're getting paid over five years, so not a not a bad job for Salah, who who brings with him, it seems, according to reports, cause the 49ers passing game coordinator, younger brother of Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur. By the way, uh, Matt LaFleur was the best man at Robert Salah's wedding, so uh, they have they have that connection, and now his little brother will be the offensive coordinator. 
Um, what we've seen from his big brother is pretty damn good in Green Bay. So you got to think uh, this this could end up working out on the offensive end. Yeah, and you know you look at this 49ers offense under Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, when they have a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, they've been a good offense. A lot of you know a lot of motion, uh, run heavy zone run scheme, a lot of play action off of that. So to me, Jake, the big question is what does this mean for Sam Darnold? We don't know yet, but uh, I don't know. I, I, the, the rumblings last night were leaning towards Sam will be back this year. I think they still have a lot of a long way to go before they decide that, and a lot of meetings to have. But uh, just looking at it, Jake, and, and just just kind of thinking about it logically if none of these college guys are worth the number two pick and it feels like they aren't right now do they stick with sam darnold i think they might uh we'll see if if lafleur's offense can help sam you know develop and play better than he did last year i'm so against it and uh you know another name that's popped up and the 49ers fans are talking about what do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo? If, you know, with LaFleur, if Garoppolo came here, are you not? Everyone's very down on him, and I'm like, I, I like him. I just don't think it's going to happen, Jake. Okay. I, just don't, I, I think he's going to stay in San Francisco. Deshaun Watson. Everyone talks about Watson. Would you trade the far? I, I, I'll trade. I'll trade Kaz. I'll trade first-round picks. I'll trade everyone uh, for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I would tra- I would trade the, the Lombardi trophy from Super Bowl three for Deshaun Watson. Like I'll throw it in whatever they want. You know, I mean, they, yeah, Deshaun Watson, Jake, you would move heaven and earth for Deshaun Watson. There's, there's, you'd have to like come up with a really crazy package for me to say no to Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's a franchise quarterback in his prime. Boom. Like that, like jets have a ton of holes, but he would solve a lot of problems if they could get him. But guess what, Jake, the t- I got a spoiler. I got a spoiler for you. He's not going to Texans. If the Texans traded Deshaun Watson, Texans fans should revolt. Like, you know, the only, I mean, I guess the, only, only like I'd give it a one percent chance, and I like a one percent chance. What if the Jaguars called them up and said, "We'll give you the number one pick for Deshaun Watson and number one pick plus"? If you're the Texans, do you do that and take Trevor Lawrence? Yes, I think it depends how many other picks they would probably be like three first round picks yeah. they give them. But yeah, I don't uh, see why they're getting the number one overall. Probably two first round picks and something else. I would think. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, you, then you can take Trevor Lawrence, but you're in the same division now, so you're facing Deshaun twice a year. Listen, we'll I, give I, you I, Justin Fields at number two. We'll give you three first round picks. We'll give you takes Quinn and Williams. I don't care. I want Deshaun Watson as a Jet so bad. Yeah, I don't think that's happening, Jake. I, also, Deshaun Watson has some control of this because he has a no trade clause, uh, so he can pick where he's going. Don't think he's going to pick the Jets. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely, but one can dream. You know, my 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 wish list. If if uh, you know, my birthday is February fifth, so my birthday wish list of quarterbacks is one Deshaun Watson. All right, you don't get him. Two would be Matthew Stafford if you find a way to trade for him. Alex, Alex what happened to Trubisky? He's fucking, he's just, just Trubisky. <laughs> he he just, keeps lowering down my list after his terrible playoff performance. Although the Nick, you love Trubisky. Well, the Nickelodeon broadcast made that watchable, but uh, watching Trubisky. Nickelodeon, was, Nickelodeon uh, as Nick, Russo said. Nickelodeon, yeah. And then two Stafford. Three would be Garoppolo now if they could find a way. Four would be four. Well, four might be Trubisky. So, but really, it's those top three I want. I want Watson, Garoppolo, or Stafford would be huge. So, give me one of those. Now, on the defensive side, is Salah? Do you expect him to coach that defense as well as being the head coach? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's gonna be the play caller, Jake. But the way this always works is these guys come in. He's gonna want his defense installed. That that's what got him the job. So, even if he's not the play caller, he's gonna bring somebody in who you know runs his defense, who he's worked with in San Francisco. I would assume call his defense you know the same way when Todd Bowles was here Casey Rogers was technically the defensive coordinator but it was Todd's defense Rex Ryan with with Mike Patton and Dennis Thurman was his defense so I don't know 
you know, game day, Jake, like it's going to be interesting because that's something the Jets have emphasized, right? The CEO to run the whole team and, uh, you know, everyone went, Gase drove, drove everybody nuts with the play sheet in his face. So I'm curious to see if, if Salah is going to call the plays uh, for defense, but that never seems to bother fans as much as the offensive guys. Like McAdoo drove Giants fans crazy. Gase drove Jets fans crazy. No one really complained when Bowles was calling the defenses. So I'm curious to see it. But, yeah, it's going to be his defense, which, Jake, you know, we talked about. We I, I kind of joked about his role in Seattle. His defense is Seattle's defense. Though. This is the cover three zone defense that the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom defense that the Seahawks popularized. Pete Carroll popularized. You know, Salah went from Seattle to Jacksonville when Gus Bradley was there. He was a linebacker's coach. Gus Bradley runs the same scheme. So it's going to be that Seattle. It's going to be different because the Jets have been a man-to-man defense for a long time, you know, going back to Mangini, really, and and then Rex and Bowles and, you know, Greg Williams liked man to man. He ran a lot of his own the last couple of years because their personnel was so bad. But um, it's going to be a little bit of a different look defensively than they've had in a long time. Well, Jets fans, get pumped. You got your CEO-like coach, a young coach in his early 40s, a coach that was with Seattle, won a Super Bowl, a coach that coached a undermanned defense to top five in the league, a coach that had the number one passing defense, number two overall the year prior and made the Super Bowl, a guy that could fill in as a stunt double for Vin Diesel in the next Fast and the Furious 12 movie. He's got it all. He's the right package. He's a leader of men. And we're going to talk about the hire of Robert Sala next with the post, Mark Canizero, right here on Gangs All Here. Joining us now is friend of the program, longtime New York Post football and sports columnist, Mark Canizero. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mark Canizero. Read his stories, including his reaction to the Robert Sala hiring at nypost.com and in the newspaper itself. Can, welcome back to the show. I'm not going to say Happy New Year because that, that point passed last week, so we can't say that two weeks in. But it's a Happy New Year for Jets fans who are you know, running through their local brick wall, mean Astoria, Cos, maybe not so much in New Jersey, but you know, a lot of fans are excited about this, and um, I think the Jets you know, made the right move here with Salah. It's hard to argue, Jake, uh, to be honest with you. And you know, It's funny, I, I did a column earlier in the week about pretty much endorsing Doug Peterson, uh, who had just been fired in Philly, and... Uh, you know, obviously, it's just a three years removed from a Super Bowl. And the fan reaction I got from readers, emails, social media was extremely negative. They didn't want to retread. They didn't want baggage, which I totally understand. I get that. It's you know, a bit of a you know, tough sell right now, as accomplished as, as I still think Doug Peterson is. But the Jet fan wants or has wanted their own young guy that's going to turn into Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, whatever. You know, name your young successful NFL head coach, you know, whether it's Stefanski in Cleveland right now. You know, the Jet fan wants that guy, and, 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 and Salah fits the bill right now. And, and, you know, not to mention the fact that he motivationally, you know, he, he seems to be, he seems to be can't miss. I mean, if you just watch the way, you know, he, he exhorts his players on the sidelines. I mean, that's, that's all we really know of Robert Salah right now is what we see of him, you know, he's a TV camera magnet because of his reaction on the sideline. So, you know, he hasn't been a head coach before. So, you, you know, you wonder how that's going to work. But it sounds like he's going to be pretty, pretty, a pretty good staff in here. And that's obviously his cause, I know, as mentioned before, is, is paramount to any of these particularly young head coaches that come in. So and it's just, this it's hard to argue this, you know, this, it seems like the Jets have really made a hit on this. You know, we won't really know until, you know, Joe, Joe Douglas gets some talent in there for him to coach. And, you know, that's, that's the next step. Yeah, I mean, that's the key 
can like I was saying, saying to Jake, you know, I think I laugh because Todd Bowles has three coaching interviews, head coaching interviews right now. And it's like it's not like Todd Bowles figured out how to coach again. He got better players in Tampa and, and it showed, you know, the reason he was hired by the Jets in 2015 showed again, but they haven't done a good job of equipping these coaches with enough players. And so, you know, Salah might be great, but he's going to need some horses <laughs> to, to, to win some games here. And we'll see what Joe Douglas can do. You know, I think, Ken, like, like you are saying, I think all you can do is really great on logic right now. And it seems like a logical hire. We'll, we'll find out what he can do. Ken, what, did you, were you high on Salah when you saw the initial list, when you saw the nine guys? Where, was he one that jumped out to you? I was, I was high on him, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, you know, I've got some good friends in San Francisco who are, you know, a little bit more familiar with him, friends of the media there. And, uh, you know, I just heard, heard, always heard good things about him. Here's the thing I really like about Salah the most. He seems to be, even though he hasn't been a head coach before, he's seems to be incredibly well-rounded you know he and he's this is a guy that has literally come up from the absolute basement of the nfl coaching circles right he's i mean you know he, he was a guy that was working in the financial industry and had an epiphany and decided he you know he was not going to be happy with life unless he pursued his first love which was coaching and he dropped everything you know a good paying job and got out of that world and went into the nfl world and was a quality control coach for a few years i mean just you know virtually working for free to work his way you know up and eventually got himself a position coach job and now in the last four years he's been you know he's been a coordinator and so he's really stepped up the you know the proper rungs of the ladder if you will and 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 so i really like that you know he has, he's had nothing given to him and i think that's something the jet fan probably embraces too you know you know we here in new york and you know the tri-state area you know we even even though we're the largest city on the planet, we are we embrace the blue collar vibe, right? And 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 you know the, the lunch pail type thing that Parcells brought in back in the day years ago. So I, I love how well rounded he is. So he, even though he hasn't been a head coach before, it seems pretty clear by just the way you you, you hear you know the pretty top name players react you know about him. Richard Sherman, you know, go on down the line. Obviously, you know his head coach in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan. That this is a guy that is a leader. He's just he just has inherent leader skills, and that's obviously something that Christopher Johnson and Joe Douglas, you know, was very high on their list, you know, to find in that kind of quote-unquote CEO role. You know, it's pretty clear to me that, that Robert Sala is not going to be spending 80% of his time in the defensive meeting rooms. I mean, he is going to be the guy that oversees the entire team just because he's coming from a defense coordinator background. It's pretty clear to me. I mean, listen, he had Makai Beckman yesterday. He was an offensive player that was, you know, that was railing positive things on, on social media yesterday. So it's, he's going to be, he's going to touch everybody in that locker room in terms of his motivational skill. Uh, not just the defensive players, and you know, even Rex to some degree was that way. Re- you know, Rex had his defense ready to, you know, to you know, cut themselves for him and, and draw blood. Right? I'm not so sure that was exactly the same way on the offensive side of the ball when Rex was here. I think Salah will touch everybody in that room. Yeah, Ken, it's a good point about the blue collar thing because you know this city—that's what it's about. Um, that's something I—I've prided myself. I used to pay for radio airtime. I'd pay a hundred an hour to be in a station where you could barely hear the signal outside the station. So I could get to a point where I am now, where I, I aspire to be. And, you know, he Michigan State defensive assistant, Central Michigan defensive assistant, Georgia, Houston Texans, was a defensive intern in 2005 at 26 years old. Um, Texans, then Seahawks quality control coach, a linebacker coach in Jack with the Jaguars, and then defense coordinator now to head coach. So he has worked himself up the reins. He know what it's like. He's been with different franchises. He's been on a team that's won a Super Bowl. He's been to a team that's been to a Super Bowl. 
So he has all those layers checked off. The difficult thing, he's working with a defense that is just hot garbage. I mean, I mean, you have Quinton Williams and maybe Marcus Maybach, and then after that, and then, you know, C.J. Mosley, hopefully. Other than that, he's got a defense that's got to be totally revamped and a big offseason ahead. And, you know, the next big question that Jets fans are asking, the rumblings Thursday night where, you know, maybe they do end up keeping Sam Darnold and building around him. We heard some Deshaun Watson could be on the move somewhere, rumors. Um, there's the Jimmy Garoppolo rumors now that uh, LaFleur is coming as the offensive coordinator coming from San Francisco. Where do you think the Jets end up going with the quarterback position? It's funny all those things you say because, you know, everybody likes to put two and two and two and two together, right? It's all, you know, much like the Peterson, you know, to the Jets because of Joe Douglas thing, you know, which never obviously was even close to happening. But I I felt all along that, you know, with the Sam Darnold question that's been asked, uh, it was always about who was going to come in and be the head coach. And I always felt like any of these offensive coordinators, had they been hired, whether it was Arthur Smith or Brian Dayball or, or the enemy or whatever, Perhaps there was a better chance that Sam would be, they'd move on from Sam and, and they, these guys will bring their own quarterback in and mold him in their way. I feel like the one head coach the Jets were going to hire that maybe gave Sam the best chance to stay is Salah. I don't know if Ryan agrees with me on this. I haven't really, you know, I haven't really spoken about this, but I, I feel like to some degree, and, and I know Brian, you know, his, his feeling on, on Sam, which is mine to a large degree, that we've kind of seen enough to some degree. But I'm also not a big fan of jumping at, 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 at a quarterback at number two in the draft just because everybody is enamored of him, right? So I'm not so sure I, I want Fields at number two. I, you know, I haven't seen enough of Zach Wilson. I don't, you know, these guys, I don't, I don't, I don't profess to know enough about them. So I kind of have a feeling that the Jets will stay with Sam and give it another a year with him. You know, the other thing is that LaFleur, when he comes in here, is bringing Kyle Shanahan's offense this year, which which fits Sam Darnold's skill set more so than he's been coached the last two years, you know, with, with all the, the motions and the RPO and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe that's something that can resurrect Sam's career to a large degree. You know, you could still have Sam cheat this year. You know, you don't have to pick up his fifth-year option. You know, let him let him play for his contract this year. And you know what? If you got to move on, you move on after this year. But I, I would I would think I would rather see them use that number two pick to, to stock that that roster that, as you just, as you correctly mentioned, Jake, you know, is very thin, and uh, you can't do all of it in free agency. You know, you, you have to be built through the draft. So I think that number two pick, you know, if, if you, and it always, as we all know, when the draft comes, you're going to have teams that are begging for these quarterbacks. You know, they all want quarterbacks. So there's going to be a tremendous market for that number two pick for the Jets, and I think they should use it wisely. I think they should, you know, stick with Sam, and I have a feeling they might do that. Yeah, and if they do that, I'm curious if they end up trading down. You know, Devontae Smith, after what he did uh, for Alabama, everyone's talking about maybe the Jets. Could, I mean, the Met, Jets could maybe move down and take Smith if he doesn't go in the top three to five. Maybe they, you know, go with a receiver in the first round. That could be their number one and put him with Mims. And no Carter. question. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst idea, although I'm still not in love with Darnold. Give me Deshaun Watson, Ken. That's, that's all I want in this. I want them, the Jets, to trade the world to get him. Here's my thing. Here's my thing on Jake. I don't understand why Nick Casario would have taken that job in Houston, left the Patriot, you know, where he's had a pretty damn good job for years. Why would you take that Houston job if, if you're going to let Deshaun Watson go? I just, I have, I have a 
very difficult time seeing that that happening. I mean, I know it's a hot topic right now. And you got and here's the other thing about Sean Watson. What what do you have to give up to get him? I mean, if you if you're the Jets, the last thing you want to do is give up the draft capital. You know, you want to you know you you're going to turn this into Mike Ditka and and, and and give up you know almost all of your draft picks to go get this guy. I, I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Not, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Sean Watson here. Don't get me wrong, but for what they would probably have to give up, and I and also this doesn't make sense in Houston. I think they're going to smooth things out with Deshaun Watson in Houston somehow, and he's going to stay there. I, 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 you know, I may be proven wrong, and it wouldn't be the first time, but I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Oh, yeah, it would take a James Harden esque haul plus more uh, potentially with you know three or four first round picks to get him. So we'll see. Can uh, always good chatting with. I got to actually go go down to Brooklyn now to, for the ticker tape parade for the Jets hiring Robert Sala and uh, the Nets getting James Harden. The Mets maybe getting Brad Hand. The Yankees get DJ LeMayu. I mean, New York sports is on fire. The Mets get Lindor. New York sports is on fire this week. The New York Post is on fire with Mark Canizero. Mark, good talking to you, man. Good talking to you guys. That wraps up episode 63, the Dwayne Robertson edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out in producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts and go in there and give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. We appreciate your support. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back whenever the next big Jets news hits this offseason. Stay tuned, and as always, stay safe, folks. Holla for a sala.